0: Greetings beloved being of love and light. Karma is a bitch. We've all heard that saying and we have all witnessed or experienced karma at work at some point in our lives. But what exactly is karma? How does it work? And is there any way out of it? We have already discussed in a previous topic called You Create Your Own Reality that your outer world, which is your external reality, reflects your inner world, which is your internal reality. This follows on from the principle of oneness, as you start to learn that both your external reality and internal reality are just one. Your thoughts that you think are safe inside your mind and don't do any harm are directly reflected back to you through the outside world. So the thoughts you have about yourself, others and the world will be reaffirmed back to you. Karma is a very similar principle that is also a consequence of oneness. Karma is a reflection of your projected and suppressed emotions. Emotions are all triggered initially by thoughts and so you could say this is very similar to your thoughts being reflected back at you. Let us tackle projected thoughts first. In this sense, karma is the process by which whatever energy or emotions you project onto others will be projected back at you. So if you treat someone unkindly or with anger you will be be treated unkindly or with anger later. If you show love or generosity to someone, love or generosity will be shown to you. This is because, as we have discussed throughout this course, there are no others. It is all just you experiencing yourself in many different forms. It is only the different characters and bodies that appear as different and separate from you, but it is simply one being, your true self, playing all these different characters by putting on different disguises. The Christian principle, treat one another as you wish to be treated, is teaching us about karma. There is no separation between what you project and what is projected to you. Even in science, we know that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. You could say this is a form of karma. So if you project hatred energy, hatred energy will be projected at you in the opposite direction. But what about suppressed emotions? Surely if someone angers you, but you hide the anger by not reacting, then it should be okay, right? No, this too triggers karma. The reason for this is, you will store this emotion within you as you have not properly dealt with it. This anger lingers within you and it will regularly crop, up or crop back up into your thoughts, triggering the emotion again, but then you will suppress it again. And as we have discussed in previous topics, Your external reality reflects your internal reality. So if you bottle up anger and don't properly release it, then your external reality might bring you more people and situations that trigger anger in you. The same thing happens when you do something you regret and you feel guilt or shame about the incident, but you don't properly release this guilt or shame. These emotions are stored within you and will regularly creep back up whenever you think about the incident. So your external reality will affect your internal reality by, say, bringing people into your life that make you feel guilty about the incident or other incidents that may have occurred in the past. As we will learn in later topics, suppressed emotions also lead to health problems. We will also cover how to properly deal with and release emotions at a later topic. However, karma may not necessarily work straight away, and it may not unfold in exactly the same way. It could be days, weeks, months, years, or even lifetimes later. Dolores Cannon was a woman with a beautiful soul who came up with a regression hypnosis technique called quantum healing hypnosis technique or QHHT for short. During the sessions she had with her clients, she would help them discover why they may have certain events happen in their lives or why they were born with certain health conditions. She would do this through life regression which is taking them back to their previous lives and then talking to their higher self, spirit guides, guardian angels or other benevolent entities. Often she would discover that these events or health conditions occurring in their current lives was a karmic result of suppressed or projected emotions from previous lives that they have carried over. But why? What is the purpose of karma? Well you can think of karma as the natural force of guidance motivating you to properly deal with and release your emotions and to push you to forgive yourself and others. Think about it for a second. What better motivation would you have to treat people with love than to know that what you do to others is what you do to yourself? Karma should not be thought of as a punishment, but as a helpful guide. Without it, people would not have the motivation to release their suppressed emotions and to forgive themselves and others. Often people want revenge in life. When they feel wronged, they feel the person who wronged them should be punished. But what you have to understand is that karma is the method by which people will eventually learn their lessons. However, it is not in the sense of revenge, but as a way to guide them towards the same eventual destination as you and I, which is fully realising who we truly are. We also have to realise that, again, they are you, you are them, you are both one. Wishing ill on them is wishing ill on yourself. Instead, see through the facade of separation and show them love, forgiveness and compassion. We will talk about forgiveness in the next paragraph, but love, as we discussed in the previous topic, is simply seeing your divine oneness with someone. Revenge, or justice, which is basically society getting revenge on someone, are just forms of anger. As many victims of crimes will tell you, getting revenge or justice doesn't usually help you release the emotions you will still have the emotions of anger within you unless you forgive them however this does not necessarily mean that you should not pursue legal action against companies or people that have wronged you for instance but before taking any action one must fully realize their anger sorry one must fully release their anger and truly forgive the other then one returns to a state of peace and love. It is only from this state of mind that one should decide whether to take legal action or not. This is because you'll be able to feel in your heart whether it's right to take action or whether it serves no purpose. It It is your true self that communicates with you through your heart. However, you can't hear your true self if you have loud angry thoughts in your mind. Furthermore, If your heart does tell you to take legal action, then, because you have already forgiven the other, you are not anxious about the result of the trial. You would not be relying on the outcome of the trial to feel better. Your higher self has guided you to take legal action for a purpose, and one should trust the higher self. If if your heart tells you to let it go and not pursue legal action, again, you can trust your higher self that this is the best thing to do. This leads us nicely onto the topic of forgiveness. If we are truly separate beings and life is about survival of the fittest, why should we forgive each other? Can't we just coexist without forgiving each other? Religions will teach you that you should forgive others because it gets you into heaven. But are you truly forgiving them if this is your motivation? Couldn't this motivation be rephrased as? If you do not forgive others, you will be eternally punished in hell. This sounds more like a threat than a convincing argument to me. When you are forced to do something, are you truly doing it from your heart? Perhaps you may have had an incident in school or work where you had a big disagreement with a colleague or fellow people, and your manager or teacher forced you to say sorry to each other, shake hands and play nice. Did you truly forgive them there and then? Were you truly sorry? Did you forget about the whole thing and carry on as if it didn't happen? I'm sure you will agree that this has never been the case. Let's also remind ourselves that I forgive you, but I will not forget is a silly, contradictory phrase. What does it actually mean? Why doesn't one simply say I forgive you and stop there? Why does one have to add the but I will not forget? at the end. Even if we do not verbally say this phrase, many still think it when they convince themselves that they have forgiven the other. It just means you have not truly forgiven them. You are still holding what they did against them. In this way, you are still living in the past rather than taking them as they are now. When one says this phrase, what one truly means is that they have suppressed the emotions of anger for now. To release the anger is to forget. Forgiveness is only needed if you still believe in some form of separation, which is an illusion. So if you are still thinking about the past, such as your previous actions or someone else's actions from the past, then this will trigger the low vibrational emotions such as anger and guilt. As we have discussed before, believing in a past and future is separating time. The present is the only time that ever exists. The past and future are simply illusions. If you are living in the present, there is never anything to forgive. So even if someone wrongs you right this second, by the time you finish this sentence, it's already in the past. Similarly, if one truly loves another, then one can see their divine oneness with the other no matter what actions the other may do. So if someone's actions affects the level of love you feel for them, you have believed in separation between you and the other, and you do not truly love them. So forgiveness is only needed if you still believe in separation. If you have discovered who you truly are and your oneness with others and the universe, you are always in the present moment and always feel love towards yourself and others no matter what they do. In this way, forgiveness is a route to love and presence, which is the fifth dimension. By forgiving, we then become in the right state of mind to love. We cannot love someone when we are angry at them and forgiveness is the only way to release feelings of anger towards someone. Similarly, we cannot love ourselves if we feel guilty or shameful. Forgiveness of the self is the only way to release these emotions. It is only someone's ego that commits any action other than love. But as we have previously discussed, the ego is an illusion. Wouldn't it be silly to get angry at an illusion? Don't you feel silly when you get really angry at something that happens in your dream and then you wake up and realize it was just a dream? Getting angry at the ego's actions is silly and pointless. The other person or other self does not know what they are doing or who they are. What would getting angry at them achieve? Would getting angry help them discover who they truly were? No, getting angry achieves nothing. Some people associate themselves with their ego more than others, but we will all eventually drop the ego and discover who we truly are. So just because you are further along your spiritual path than they are, does it justify being angry at them? Shouldn't we instead help them disassociate from their ego? So what action could we take that would help them discover who they truly were? Love Love is the only way. By treating people with love and showing them that they are divine no matter what they do, they will start to feel the love in their heart. They will start to ask themselves, why does this person love me despite me committing these actions against him? We can inspire them to be more loving this way. No anger has ever inspired someone to be a better person. When Jesus was crucified on the cross, he said, forgive them for they know not what they do. The people that were angry at him did not know what they were doing, they were associating themselves with their ego. Even when people are killing you, you must realise that they don't know what they're doing. How can you be angry at a baby or puppy? They don't know what they are doing. In terms of consciousness, those who are still associated with their ego are like babies or puppies. We must forgive, love and nurture them to help them grow. After all, forgiving others is forgiving yourself because all is one. Similarly, you only feel guilt and shame for actions committed by your false self. That is why we feel guilty, because our actions did not reflect who we truly are. By realising who you truly are, you discover that being guilty or shameful is simply being annoyed or angry at an illusion or dream, which is your ego. By loving your true self, which as we discussed in the last topics is just discovering your perfection and divine oneness with God and the universe, you automatically forgive yourself. This is the true meaning of repentance. It the is first the release of past emotions by forgiving yourself and then discovering who you are which leads to loving yourself. In this way you will never do the same unloving act again. This is the only way out of the cycle of karma. It makes me laugh when people say they're sorry and won't do something again, but then they do it again not too long after. It's because they haven't really repented. They haven't forgiven and loved loved themselves. To repent, one must know who they truly are. If not, then one will still associate themselves with the ego, and the ego will continue doing non-loving acts. You might say to me, well, you don't know what this person did to me, how can I forgive them? Or... I did something terrible, how could I possibly forgive myself? But you must understand that everything requires forgiveness is born from the same cause, which is believing that you are your ego, or someone else believes that they are their ego. There is no difference in one's actions when they associate themselves with their ego. It has exactly the same cause. How can we then say that certain actions caused by believing in the ego are worse than the other actions caused by believing in the ego? However, this does not mean that when you love others, emotions of anger and guilt will never arise in you. They will arise because the ego reacts impulsively to other people's actions by feeling these emotions. It's not your fault. However, by discovering the difference between your ego and your true self, and by not reacting impulsively, you will simply observe these emotions arising in you but you won't invest any energy or focus into the emotions as you have disassociated yourself from the ego. And by truly living in the present and truly understanding oneness, you will see that there is nothing in your external environment that can affect your internal state of love. Thank you for listening. I hope this has proved useful for you. If you are interested in free spiritual support sessions or free healing sessions, or if you would like to donate love or money to my channel, then please visit my website, www.highvibeliving.co.uk. Peace, love and joy to you all.